Hey everyone, welcome to Victory Online. If we haven't yet met, my name is Jean-Michel and I'm one of the pastors here. Thank you so much for joining and being part of the Word today. We're in a series called Gear Up. Come on everybody, post in the chat, Gear Up. It's all about the armor of God. Come on, we're gearing up in His armor. We're gearing up in what He has for us and there's never been a more important time than to be geared up in the armor of Christ than right now. And uh, this whole idea, we've been talking about how it's centered on Jesus, right? The armor of God is not centered on us. It's not centered on our ability to fight, but it's actually centered on the person of Jesus Christ. And you can catch up on, on all the messages as, as we go along. But we're in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, and we're up to now, verse 15. And uh, last week we spoke about the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and we're moving on today. So let's read together from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 to 15. Come on, let's read together. It says this, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And here's our key scripture today. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Come on, let's pray today. Holy Spirit, we ask for your presence right now to come and open us up. As we're digging into the armor of God, will you come and show us, reveal to us what you are saying, what you mean, and how we can put this on, live our lives out in the way that pleases you, brings you glory, gives us strength. Come speak to us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready for today's message. And so to set this up, I ought to tell you a story, right? As we always do. So a couple years back, myself and my wife had just moved into a new apartment, right? And we're still coming to grips with that apartment. It, it came with its own appliances. And um, we had come from our apartment where we had our own appliances and we knew how they worked and we knew everything about them. So uh, we were very used to it. Now in this new apartment, we were a little bit kind of figuring our way through this space, right? And uh, we decided, okay, we want to clean behind these appliances, right? Behind the fridge, behind the washing machine, all of that, and, uh, and get the, the place nice and clean. But we needed then to move the appliances out, no problem. We'll just kind of move it and see what's going on. So we moved the fridge. No problem. Clean behind. Great. Moved uh, the dishwasher. Awesome. Moved it out. All things. No problem. Then we go to the washing machine and uh, we're trying to pull this thing out. And for some reason, it doesn't want to come, man. And I know, you know what? If, if you've ever moved a washing machine, you know how ridiculously heavy they are. They're just like the heaviest things on earth. There's like planet earth and then there's washing machines. They're like comparable on the same weight scale. It's crazy. And uh, I'm trying to move this washing machine and I know it's heavy, but it's really heavy. You know, it's like, it's really, really heavy. So I'm pulling on this thing and I'm pushing on this thing and I'm trying to like move it and move its feet to try and get it on this thing's not coming out. Why is it so, so heavy? It's crazy. But I'm pulling and I'm pulling and I think, you know what, okay, let me, let me just give it one more go. And I'm pulling on this thing and it starts to give way. Great. It's finally like whatever was in the way or something is not right. I'm slowly pulling and it's coming and it's coming and, 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 and then it stops again. 
And I'm feeling, ah, I've got to get this thing out, man. I need to clean behind this thing. I've got to get this thing out. So I start pulling really, really hard. And all the men in the place, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when this happens. You pull really hard and then all of a sudden, pow, it all comes out. And then all I hear is, shh, and, and now I look at my feet and an ocean, a torrent of water comes flooding out the bottom of this washing machine, oh man, and I'm just like, I'm just screaming at Jenna like, my love, come, come help, do something. She's like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, I don't know, what did you do? I don't know what I did. What had happened was the water pipe that went to the back of the washing machine was really short. I don't know why it was like that, but it was just barely long enough to make it to the washing machine. But me being an inexperienced guy about this washing machine and where we are, new apartment, didn't even think about that. And what I had done by pulling so hard on that washing machine was break not the pipe, but the actual connecting nozzle to this washing machine and the water is just going everywhere. I have no idea what to do. Now we're in a new apartment. I don't know how to turn the water off. And so I'm like, man, we gotta get this. I'm trying to hold the pipe. I'm trying to hold the water inside this pipe. You can imagine, this is the most ridiculous, stupid scene you've ever seen in your whole life. And I'm getting angry. Guys, who can relate with me? I'm getting so angry. Like, I can't believe I did this. And we have to phone the, the estate managers and ask them, how do we turn off? The guy had to come from the estate management to come and turn the water off at our apartment. We eventually realized that there's a, like a little tap just right there underneath the sink that you can just turn, turns the water off to the washing machine. After we've already poured half of Joburg's water out in our apartment, we find this out. But uh, eventually it gets under control and then it sits, sets in that feeling of like, I can't believe I just did this, this is stupid, and I'm, gonna, I'm apologizing to my wife, I'm so sorry, and she's like, oh, you know, these things happen, and felt really embarrassed, <laughs> to be honest, really embarrassed, but we got it all sorted out, got a longer pipe installed so that we could pull it out when we need to, much, much more better, right? But have you ever had this experience where you feel like you got, you're pushing something, you're pushing it so far, you're bending it until it breaks? Bending something so far, pushing something so far beyond its limits that it breaks. That's exactly what happened to me. And that's what we're talking about today. Today's message is entitled, Hold Your Balance. Hold your balance. And we're talking about the next part of the armor of God. Feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And so I want to talk about something today. And church is going to get a little bit real. It's called anxiety, and it is real, and it is rife. You know, in this world, the, our current generation, right, Gen Zs and millennials and who's coming Gen Alpha, we're categorized by this idea of anxiety, that anxiety levels are high and depression and stress and fear, all these social anxiety and all kinds of different mental illnesses. In fact, it's crazy to a point where it's almost celebrated. Have you, have you ever experienced this where it's like mental illness is celebrated? Like if you don't have a mental illness, that there's somehow something wrong with you. I mean, just how twisted is that? that? That if you don't have some sort of mental illness, that there's something wrong with you. That's crazy to me. But the reality is anxiety and high levels of depression and anxiety and stress categorize our generation. And we don't need to celebrate mental illness. 
Come on, we're going to celebrate freedom, right? We're going to celebrate freedom. But you know what? Anxiety and mental illness is real. It's something we need to engage with. One thing that's great about the world we live in right now is that we are engaging more with what mental illness really is and how to really live a mentally healthy life. Come on, as a church, we got to jump into this. we got to understand ourselves. we got to know how to keep ourselves healthy. Engage, I encourage you, engage with your mental health, where you, where you stand, where your anxiety levels are at. Learn yourself, learn how to work with it because we want to be healthy in every area of our lives. And that's great. We're taking it more seriously as a, as a society. People are taking it more seriously, getting the help that they need. And we need to engage with that. We really do, especially as the church. Come on, we have the answer. We have peace. We have Jesus, right? We need to engage with this so we can give that to people. And today I want to talk about something really real, right? The reality is so many of us are dealing with anxiety. The, just take South Africa as a whole right now. We, we live in anxiety. We have no idea what tomorrow holds. No idea. Because the petrol price and food price and, and ESCOM and all these things can just go whatever, crazy, pear-shaped. We, we don't know when we'll have power, when we won't. It's a really strange and difficult situation that we are in as a nation right now. And we live in anxiety. And I want to say this to you. Some of us, some of us, some of us are burned out and we don't even know it. Come on, man. In South Africa right now, unemployment is high. Jobs are low. Salaries are low. We end up having to work hard just to survive. Our jobs are intense. They're real. Come on, let's be real for a second. Some of us, we're pushing. We're pushing at work. We have to. We don't have a choice. We're pushing at work, but we're also pushing at home. Our kids, their studies, their school fees. Our kids need to have clothes and, and eat food. And, and we got the stress, and then we've got anxiety at work. We've got anxiety at home, and it takes a, a toll and a strain on our relationships, our marriages, our family relations. We, we're struggling. We're struggling, and we struggle with anxiety. And today I want to talk about a couple of the signs of burnout. We're going to engage with this as a church. And there are a few different signs. One of them is physical. So we, we, we're going to go through a bit of a list right now. And if you check off one or two of these things, then you don't really have too much to worry about. The thing is stress and pressure is part of life. It's just part of life. There's no escaping it, right? And we're going to talk a little bit later about the antidote to stress. We're going to talk about that. But we need to understand that stress is part of life. Hard work, it's part of life. It's, it's not, not supposed to be there. It's part of our lives. And it's, it can be a healthy thing. It can be a good thing, right? Pressure is not necessarily all bad. But unhealthy pressure will lead you to burnout. And we have people walking around burnt out all the time. So if you check one or two of these boxes, it's okay. But if you start to check 60, 70, 80% of these boxes, you need to check yourself. You need to make sure that you are not currently in or walking towards, getting really close to burnout. So check this out. Physical signs and symptoms of burnout. One, feeling tired and drained most of the time. Even though you're sleeping, you feel drained. Frequent headaches. Frequent inexplicable muscle pain. Lowered immunity and getting sick often. Change in appetite and sometimes difficulty sleeping. These are physical signs that you're getting close to burnout. 
Emotional signs, these are real telltale signs. Sense of failure or self-doubt, not believing in yourself. Loss of motivation. Feeling helpless, feeling trapped, feeling deflated and defeated. Increasingly cynical, negatively looking at everything, just increasingly negative. Detachment from your surroundings. Emotionally, you feel alone in the world. You feel detached from people. Decreased satisfaction or sense of accomplishment. You accomplish things at work, but you get no satisfaction. You accomplish things in life, but you get no satisfaction. These are all signs and symptoms of burnout. And then there's behavioral signs. Check this out. Withdrawing from responsibilities. Just don't want to pick up the responsibilities. Isolating yourself from others isolating yourself, procrastinating and taking long to get things done, things that shouldn't take long, you take long to get it done, using things like food or alcohol or drugs to escape your reality, even taking out your frustrations on others. And here's the thing, skipping work, coming in late, leaving early, no motivation, these are behavioral signs. Some of you look at this list of things and you're like, man, I can check off most of those. The reality is you might be living in some burnout. Check this out, church. Burnout is an interesting thing. We think about burnout as when you overwork and overwork and overwork and then something snaps and then you burnt out. But it's actually a lot more subtle than that. Church, come on, track with me. It's a lot more subtle than that. How it works is that you put in a lot of effort. You go into a new job or you're in a a new marriage or a new relationship and you put in a lot of effort into that thing and you get a lot of results, right? At work, you're performing, you're getting salary increases, you're getting more responsibilities, people are trusting you with more, you're the go-to guy, awesome. You're in a new relationship, things are going well, you're loving where you're at and you're growing and things are going well. You're putting effort in and you're getting rewards. So you're putting effort in and you're putting a lot of effort in. You're putting a lot, you're pushing, you're pushing, right? But the demand starts to increase, the demand starts to increase and it gets harder and harder. You've got to push harder, you've got to do more, you've got to put in more effort and you start to see less results, less rewards for the effort you're putting in. And every person has a capacity, an emotional capacity. And once you reach that capacity, it's like, a brick wall. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. At work, you're putting in the, e- the effort, you're putting in the hours. And you know what? It's tough, but you're making it through and you're getting stuff done and it feels good. But after a while, you start to, you, you get to kind of almost the edge of what you're capable of doing. And you, you just have to sustain that and push and push and push. Now, here's human nature. When we hit that wall, that's our body and our mind telling us that we actually need to slow down and maybe even stop. Problem is we can't. We can't stop, we can't slow down, and so we just have to push harder. Now in order to get out what you were getting before, you have to put more effort in. So we push harder and we get the same results or less results, and you, so you have to push harder and push harder. And it's that diminishing returns, you just keep pushing harder and eventually you just start running out of gas, man. And the way that it looks, it's not that you just, you can't get up in the morning, it's you start to care a little less. You just start to care a little less about your job. You start to care a little less about your relationship. You tap out of your relationship a little bit. And the more and more that it's coming out of you and the more and more difficult that it is, you just, you just start to pull away a little bit. That's your first sign. 
and it becomes more and more difficult. You start to care less and less. And you're still pushing, you're still putting in the effort. And eventually you come through that point and you hit burnout, man. And then your body forces you to stop. It's like that washing machine. We're bending ourselves until we break. It's like you're holding your breath in. Some of you feel that way right now. It's like you hold your breath in and everything is just tense all around you. Some of us need to come to terms with the fact that we are actually closing in on burnout. Some of us, come on church, let's be real here. Can we be real as the church? Some of us need to realize and come to terms with the fact that you're actually in a toxic relationship right now. Some of you are in a toxic relationship. Come on, you're giving into that partner of yours and you're scared that if you don't do all the things that you need to do for them, that they're gonna stop loving you or that they're gonna leave you or, or, or you're being manipulated by them and you know you shouldn't be doing those things or you shouldn't be going those places. You shouldn't be saying what you're saying, but you are because you just feel like you, 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 you're trying to build into this relationship and it used to be good, but now you're fighting all the time and some of us are actually in toxic relationships and we actually need to get out of it. Come on, come on. You've got the strength. Come on. Some of us need to say, no, it's enough. I need to be out of this relationship. I actually need to get out. I actually need to get out. Some of us are in really toxic relationships. Some of us, our marriages are on the rocks right now and you're just fighting all the time. Some of us need to come to terms with the fact you might be emotionally burnt out with all the effort that you've put in. You need to have a real conversation about communication, about getting to church and getting some counseling, injecting some life into your marriage, getting a couple's counselor or something so that you and your partner can get connected. Again, come on, we've got to be real with where we are. Some of us are pushing so hard at work that other parts of our lives are just taking a back seat. And some of us need to understand that we need to say no because you're tapping out of caring. You're not caring for your kids the way you should. You're not caring about your job the way you should. You know, the reality is what burnout does to us, it puts us in survival mode. We're surviving. We're just surviving. And nothing else can matter at that point. You, you can't be thinking about other people because you gotta take care of yourself. Your body knows it. Your mind knows it. Your stress levels know it. Now you gotta understand it. So the reality of so many of our lives, you know what, at the end of burnout, at the end of that road, it's a hospital bed. It's broken marriages. It's kids who struggle with fear and anxiety because what they've experienced and are experiencing at home and with their parents. And it's because we're burnt out. It's because we've got nothing left. We've given all that we have and we have nothing left. Church today, we need rest we need Sabbath rest. Come on, I don't know how you're feeling out there. For some of you, this is hitting you really hard right now. I know it, it's, it's real. It's a real thing. Church, we need Sabbath rest. God teaches us a principle and a pattern. He works six days and he rests on the seventh. Not just that he rests so that he can come back to work, he enters into rest. And he's teaching us a principle there. You work six days, you rest on the seventh. We've got to choose rest. Some of you might be saying, well, you know what, Pastor, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't get to rest. I don't have the chance to rest. My, my job is just, it, 
I can't rest. My kids, my, my marriage, my home, my stuff, I just gotta keep going. I don't have the choice. My business, I don't have a choice. I can't rest. I can't stop. I can't slow down. If I do, then I'll be stuck. My family won't be provided for. I get, I get it. I get it. Church, I get it. In fact, what we're experiencing here in this world, it's not normal. It's not right, but it's the world we're in, and I get it. But you know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. What we're looking for, it's not sleep. It's not found in watching TV or sitting down. What we need is peace. So let's come back to our scripture for a second. The better way to say this, it says that with your feet fitted, with the readiness, right? The better way to say it is strapped to, right? With your feet strapped, the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That word peace there, it's a Greek word, irene, and it comes from the root word, iro, iro, and it means, interestingly enough, to join. The word for peace means to join, to join together, to make one, and we can imagine this, right? To bring order out of chaos, Peace means something that was scattered or shattered comes back together. So that, that word means what is scattered comes back together as one. It means to bring back, to join in peace. Check this out, church. A combat boot is built to withstand cold, to withstand thorns, rough terrain. You know what it does? It balances you in the fight. We think back to that Roman soldier. He had a boot that was, that, that was lashed around his, his leg all the way down to his ankle. And that thick sole underneath his foot was there so that he could walk over anything, that he could run into battle, and that he could be stabilized. See, when we remove peace, we're scared to move. Right? That's why it's, the, it's, it's our feet that are prepared with the gospel of peace. Because when you, when you have that on, you're balanced. You know, if you walk over anything, anywhere you go, you're safe. But as soon as you remove that peace, you're afraid to move. You're scared because you don't know what you're going to stand on, tread on. Maybe you're going to stand on something dangerous. Maybe you can't run on this terrain. And you know what? We come out of balance. This life of anxiety is a life out of balance. Church pressure is not all bad. It's part of life. Even Israel, the word Israel, right? It means to wrestle with God. And so God names his people those who wrestle with God, right? There's pressure. Even pressure can be a good thing. You know what? There's going to be pressure in your marriage. There are times that you're going to be wrestling with your husband or wrestling with your wife, right? You're going to come, two people, you're going to butt heads together. But you know what? That friction sharpens each one of you. It's good. It builds you up. It builds your character. You know, sometimes you're going to have friction with your boss, with your kids. It's going to happen. There's going to be pressure at work. Some of us feel like life is supposed to be full of just air and beauty and everything's fine. That's not realistic. That's not how life is, right? Pressure is part of life. But when pressure surmounts beyond what is reasonable, we need something to help us breathe out. That is the peace that Jesus brings. 
And so come turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 5. We read from verse 1 to 5. I want you just to see this. See how Jesus describes peace. This is Paul speaking. He says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, justified with God through our faith, our belief in Jesus, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We stand in his grace and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Come on, this is where the pressure is. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Come on, even in this life where God has poured his grace out on us so we can stand, that we might be justified, that we might be righteous before him in Christ Jesus, there is still pressure There is still trouble, challenge. It happens and it's part of life. But he is the prince of peace. And because we have been justified through our faith, come on, we have peace with God. Our souls need to be at peace first before the rest of our lives can come into that place of peace. Come on, we're living in an anxiety-filled world. World And the antidote to anxiety is the peace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, when he can solidify our foundation and make us secure in him, that is our balance. Holding our balance with our feet strapped to the gospel of peace. Knowing that he has a plan. You know what the peace of God looks like? The peace of God looks like you in the middle of the boat with the storm raging around you, but it does not touch you. It's right there on the edge of the boat. It's right there on the edge of your marriage. It's right there on the edge of your work. It's right there. The pressure is there. The storm is there. It's raging. You can feel the drops of water on your face, but it does not take you down. That is the peace of God. It's a sure foundation. It is secure. You know, when you become a follower of Christ, your soul and your spirit become justified before God, righteous. And what does that give you? A secure. It gives you a secure future in this life and in the life to come. Your salvation is secure because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's where we start. We start there and we look at the rest of our lives. If my salvation is secure, if my soul is secure, then you know what? My finances are secure. My job is secure. My marriage is secure. Come on, come on. My peace ain't taking you anywhere. It's not going anywhere. My peace There's nothing there. You know, your peace, the peace that you can provide, it ain't helping me. It ain't taking me anywhere. We're not going anywhere on our own peace. But on the peace that Jesus gives, the gospel of peace, we can go anywhere. We can go where he wants us to be. Come on, the gospel of peace steadies us. It allows us to breathe out 
that no matter what's going on around us, whatever challenges we face, whatever's going on around us, the battle that's raging around us, we have peace. We can breathe out. Come on, some of you need to breathe out today. Some of us need to breathe out today. We've been holding in this anxiety, feeling like it's all on our shoulders. Now it's not just our job, our family. It's not just what we do, but it's also our relationship with God. It's on my shoulders. I gotta, I gotta pray more. I gotta read the word more. I gotta get into God more. Those are all good things. Do that. Pray more, read more, fast more. Do those things, but don't do it because you have to. Do it because you have a relationship with him. Come on, and you are secure in him. If we're gonna see a, a peace come on to our whole lives, we start internally first. We put on those shoes. We put on those boots that help us hold our balance in a crazy world. And we receive peace. Come on, you need to breathe out today. You need that peace. And Jesus wants to tell you today that he has peace for you. Someone you're watching today and you don't know that peace, you don't know this Jesus. But today, the good news is you can have peace. Today. Some of us here, we're filled with anxiety, filled with stress. We need him to help us breathe out. And so I'm gonna pray two prayers. One, I'm praying for our whole congregation, everybody watching, that we can receive the steadying peace that Jesus brings, that it's not on our shoulders. We don't have to make our work happen, our finances, our marriages. We don't get to fix it. We don't get, we can't do it. But when it's in the hands of the master, when we can receive the gospel that he has given to us, everything is going to work out. No matter the storm around you, you're gonna get to the other side. Come on, I'm gonna pray for us today. And then secondly, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, I wanna pray with you too. So come, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you today that you are the Prince of Peace, that you justified us through faith and you have connected us back to the Father. And through that justification, we have received peace with God. You are no longer angry. You no longer strive with us. You are no longer angered by our sin and our brokenness, God. But in fact, we are whole in you. In fact, we are free in you. And so we receive that today. We receive your gospel. We receive your grace. Prince of peace, will you come? Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll steady us from the inside out. Now, Father, all the storms that rage around us, all the anxiety that we face, even if we're on the edge of burnout, you will bring rest and peace into our hearts. Come and show us that today. In Jesus' name we receive. Amen.